hood done. Is there a number of things to share? Uh, your main presenter this evening is going to be Anthony O. McKinney. And this effort a 50% increase in encouragement. Now, if we would like to have an additional 50%, I want to ask everybody to settle into these first few, four pews. One, two, three. For the Java, you're as far back as I'd like to see anybody else. All right, so please come closer, if you will. I know you've already made a tremendous effort to move from one side of the church to the other side of the church. And that this <coughs> sacrifice will not go unnoticed by heaven. Appreciate y'all. See your influence there, Elder? You see what happened? So if you see some other people come in and they, you know, want to slide in, please direct them to the same area till we have a nice little family environment up here in the front. All right. Thank you so much. Um, now, I know it's one of those situations where you haven't, you may not have any idea what you're about to get hit with. Um and you're not sure how much time and energy you should invest into what you're about to go through right now. But I can assure you that um, this is part of something pretty powerful. We travel throughout the United States. And this is one of the presentations we've gotten uh, a lot of invitations to do. Um, just so you know, this is not the full presentation, but a, a portion of it. But uh, we normally get paid to do this quite a bit. So know that this is a labor of love. We have to charge the church, right? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we have to sign the checks. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but we do it, uh, and we're invited to do it because it works. Amen. All right, now. We're about to introduce you to a form of personal personal ministry that gets stuff done. And this is a very dangerous set of information. Um, we went one time, I'll never forget it. We were down in, I think it was, I want to say it was when we were down in Valdosta. There was a, a rural church outside of Valdosta we went to. And the church had two members. <laughs> so they sent us there to help grow the church. Now, if you are sent to a church and you are given a commission, you have one week right, to grow the church. <laughs> what do you think you can do in one week? <laughs> two members so we count it as church participation so when people show up to church we call it church participation so normally when we go out we get pretty good numbers as far as church petition works anywhere from 1 to 400% okay we say that one more time it's a new, I know it's new for us to have results. 
Mm -hmm. Okay, let me explain to you how this works. When we go through this program, we have church participation rates. Not counting the members, an additional one to 400%. So because of that, um, there's been, like I said, um, a lot of opportunities we've had to share over the years. Team Courage is an encouragement ministry um, that started at Oakwood College uh, back in the mid-80s. While still at school, um, Anthony was actually the original founder of the Global Encouragement Center, uh, which became known also as well as Team Courage. And uh, while in school, working on a college campus with no budget, Mercy. Uh, Tony's Ministry, uh, Global Encouragement Center, Encouragement Ministry was organized. Now, as a college student, how many people do you think you could reach? while in school at college for the gospel sake. I need a number of people. I know it's new. Numbers. 200. 200. Anybody else got a number? 350. Very good. Well, when I was on campus, uh, some years later, I did a personal ministry. I reached about 1,700 people. And I was... That was with three and a half hours in the morning, three and a half hours in the evening, just in prayer. Mm-hmm. I did uh, four hours of visitation twice a week. Mm-hmm. So that's what one person can do. Mm-hmm. But Tony was smarter than me. Um, maybe it was his upbringing, seeing his father lead. But instead, what he did was he got a bunch of students together and said, hey, y'all can help out. And those students in that ministry, um, which at the time was called Encouragers for Christ, reached over 100,000 people. 100,000 people. Amen. Okay, so uh, I'm just giving you some insight into um, why we do this, um, why we say it works. Um, a lot of times when you go into do personal ministry, um, it's, it's discouraging, isn't it? Mercy. Um, I'm checking to see if I got honest people. Mm-hmm. It's discouraging, isn't it? Okay. But do you know that there is a specific set of techniques that if you learn these techniques, it becomes far more encouraging mm-hmm. to do personal ministry mm-hmm. because you get results yeah. fast. Mm-hmm. And that's the most discouraging thing. When you go out there, you put out all that effort and know what mm-hmm. results. All right. So um, I'd like to uh, turn it over to... Is this one plugged in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the laptop itself. Uh, you know what? Thank you. I brought it to plug in. Thank you. That's important. All right. So we're going to get started. Um, now, how this goes is Tony's going to present. Uh, we're going to run through the presentation. He's going to give you what he has to share. And then afterwards, we're going to move into uh, some more practical. Well, during, we're going to move into some more practical aspects. Things are going to go quick. You're not just going to be sitting there. There's going to be some things you're going to have to do. So don't get too relaxed. Um, be ready, willing, and we'll see what the Lord's going to do for us. Amen? Amen. All right, let's get started with a word of prayer. Please bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. Please bless us now as we come before you, Lord. We want to do a better job at encouraging our neighbor. 
Yes. Pray that you will bless each heart and mind that's here. Yes. Give us your uh, will. Give us your uh, means and methods. Most of all, Lord, give us your spirit. This is our prayer in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. 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 All right. Amen. Okay. Hello, everybody. Amen. Greetings. God is good, isn't he? Amen. The number one thing I want you to know is that I will not be able to communicate properly without the Holy Spirit's presence. Amen. Nobody, not any one of us, have any ability to do it the right way without the Holy Spirit's power. Amen. And I've learned that. And I believe that with all my heart. Doesn't matter what it looked like. Doesn't matter what I talk like, where I came from, a background. Those things have its place. But the number one thing that I've learned in my father, O.J. McKinney, who I've often mentioned, is the person who demonstrated to me in his life the necessity of the Holy Spirit's power. And so today, though I have a testimony, though I have things to communicate, I pray that the Holy Spirit's power will be upon what I have to say. Amen. And that the Spirit will work with each person's heart to reach you where you are personally. Amen? Amen. Amen. How many people believe that Jesus is soon to come sincere? Amen? He's on his way. And how many people believe that if we sit idle and do nothing, that there will be a worse situation than if we turn around and do something, anything for the Lord? Amen? I would like to suggest that the reason why this is important is because of one word, love. God is love. And there's two commandments that he gave us. To love God with all of our heart, mind, and our soul. And to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. With that love, we can do anything. Amen? Why should you listen to me? Because I love you. I'm not. Because I love you. With the power of hopes, I have to touch your hearts. That's some hard hearts. Sin has deceived us. And as I stand here today, I know that I need Jesus. Because I can't do it right without Jesus. And I remember, age 18, what I got on my knees. Lord, it's like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm 49 years old. I didn't intend to cry today. But the Holy Spirit moved upon my soul. Because this thing is serious to me. And the reason why we reach so many people as I look back is because when I gave God my all, He gave His all. And that's the only reason. That's it. Been an evidence on my life, but that's not what did it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. Been to so many churches, so many places, seen so many people. It's amazing. I look back at it, and I just have to praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Seven years old, I got a chance to see my dad win souls. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, "Men and winning souls is why." That's my objective here today. It's not just a few seminar. It's by the grace of God that somebody's soul will be impacted and encouraged. Saints of God, my name is Anthony McKinney, but I found out what my role is in life. This made me the happiest man on earth. Genesis chapter 49, verse 21 says, Naphtali, or Naphtali, some say, is a hind let loose. A hind let loose. He went about giving goodly words. 
I look back now at my life and I had so much blessings. I was so full of blessings having a father in ministry and a mother in the health ministry yeah. and love in the home and three brothers who are in the, in the Lord today and we've never been in the streets. I'm letting you know it was so much blessings that we did not have room enough to receive. And I live off that and I'm infected by that now and forever. Why am I able to talk today? Because I have a testimony. Amen. The Bible says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. Amen. And they love not their lives unto death. And what I would like to say as I begin is what you're experiencing from me, and I pray that the Holy Spirit is empowering you with this, is this heart religion. I learned this when I was in college. I was studying the book Christian Service, and I came across powerful stuff, but one thing stuck with me then and now, as she said, we live in a time where heart religion is needed. Amen. Think about this for a minute. How often do we see the media? We see television, we see all kind of displays, people talking about things, every time we look around, we're getting on YouTube, we see all kind of information, right? But there's a lot of people that do not have their hearts involved or connected in what it means to serve the Lord. Is that correct? That's not right. So you wonder why a lot of people's lives are not being transformed? Because they don't think somebody loves them. They don't think God loves them, or they may not think your neighbor loves you. Do you all agree with that? Yeah. Let's go to work. Feel my help. Let's come. Holy Spirit is real. And Lord knows exactly what to do and when to do it. Team Courage. If you would like to know why Team Courage, the name Team Courage is in place, first I want to say is how many people believe in a team? Is a team necessary? The word team, together, everyone achieves more. In the Christian context, I can tell you this. No man is an island. No one is. We do need each other. And there's so much information about this in the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. It's unprecedented. Courage. The reason why it's team courage is because as we read in the spirit of prophecy one day that she says we can do nothing without courage. Amen. Nothing. So, I want to introduce you to you Simply, Team Courage. Saints, what does that say? How to encourage your neighbor. How to encourage your neighbor. Let me ask you a question. Does everyone need Christ? Let me see your hand. Yes. Does everyone need prayer? Yes. And does everyone need encouragement? Yes. Now I'm going to take you in the mind of an 18-year-old because that's when I first said those words. I had no experience to what I have today. But all I knew was everyone needs Christ, everyone needs prayer, and everyone needs encouragement. And so I got on my knees and I asked the Lord in my dorm room privately. I said, Lord, I cannot preach like C.D. Brooks or E.E. E. Cleveland or my dad, O.J. McKinney. I said, but Lord, if you will give me something to do, I will do it. And the Lord did a miracle in my life and revealed something that was in my life that I didn't even know. And that was that he had given me the gift of courage. The gift of encouragement. Amen? And how I discovered it was I started writing some poetry one day on a Sabbath. I was born on a Saturday. Amen? Amen? Baptized on a Saturday. Acknowledged my anointing on a Saturday. And got my life work. On a Saturday. Sabbath day. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. And I will tell you this before I, I, I move to this information. This church, uh, Greater Atlanta STA Church, is growing on me by leaps and bounds. And the reason why is because I'm a mobile kind of guy. We've been traveling all over the place for years. And we haven't been able to put down the roots, I have to admit and acknowledge that 
um, like we should. And for whatever reason, the Spirit of the Lord decided that our pastor would invite me personally and say, Brother, come on home. This is your church. And somehow I was able to acknowledge the Spirit of the Lord inside this brother. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Come on here to Great Atlanta. I, in fact, I investigated even before that, I have to say, it was the influence also of Brother Melvick, my best friend, my ministry partner and business partner. And when they told me that they were coming to Greater Atlanta SDA Church, I knew it was serious and it was something to pay attention to. Amen. And when I arrived, the first thing that happened is the pastor, when I met him, he gave me a hug. You have to understand something, I'm an encourager. And I believe in the power of encouragement mm -hmm. because I know what it can do to a life. Mm -hmm. And the pastor encouraged me that day. So don't take it lightly. When people come into this church, please acknowledge them. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to them. Don't be stuck in yourself. Think about what is happening to someone else. Amen? Mm -hmm. And that's my simple testimony. And so I want to tell you, I'm highly motivated right now. Doesn't matter if it was two people in there or a hundred people. I know where I'm supposed to be here, and I know what role I'm supposed to play. I'm an encourager. I encourage. That's what I do, and I do it every day. Amen. Amen. Inside the church, outside church. My my teacher, my Bible teacher. Lastly, before I start, the Bible teacher told me one day, and he was my high school teacher, so he knew me in ways that others don't didn't know. And he said to me, "You are like a spider." In, if you think about a spider, he said, in, a, in, the, in the halls of a, of, a, of a kingdom. And he said, a spider can go anywhere in that kingdom, and they're going to weave a web. And he says, ever since I've known you, all you've done is weaved a web of encouragement. So I want to acknowledge the anointing of the Lord and the gift of the Lord, and I also want to encourage you through my testimony that God has given you something to do. And let's figure out what it is. Amen. How to encourage your neighbor. We need courage to serve. We really do. Without courage, we can't do anything. And I want to tell you today that there is a divine blueprint to be able to have the courage to serve. First of all, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 says, what? But exhort one another daily while it is called today Lest your hearts, what? Lest, lest any of you be hardened, there it is, through the deceitfulness of sin. Read that one more time. This, I want you to listen to this in the spirit as you read. Okay? In fact, Father, may your Holy Spirit give us the understanding we are not smart enough to process these spiritual lessons without your guidance and direction and inspiration. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin okay so sin will deceive us anytime we do not find ourselves encouraging each other every day saints of God believe me sin will find a way to deceive you and harden your heart I'm a witness what about you okay so now, call this the Isaiah 58 method. This is an, a, a, a more advanced, uh, quick version. We have more details, but I'm going to get right to it. The Isaiah 58 method. Now, notice over here it says the continuous fast. The what? The continuous fast that the Lord approves of. Well, if you were to go into Isaiah chapter 58, and I remember as a college student, I read the servant of the Lord said we ought to read Isaiah 58 every day. And as an 18-year-old, that startled me. I was like, read Isaiah 58 every day? What does that mean? <laughs> and so for all these years, I have been pondering that same thing. And I'm 49 now. I was at 18. And I can tell you a few things I've learned. First of all, in the first portion of Isaiah 58, verses 1 through 5, if you read through that on your own at home and let the Spirit lead you, this is what you will notice. There is a fast that the Lord tells us we are not to participate in. 
And you know what this fast is? It's, a, it's not to fast with strife and debate. I want that to lock in for you. Imagine how often in our church structures, home structures, school structures, when we get together, many times we're striving and debating about issues that have nothing to do with salvation, nothing to do with love, nothing to do with growing and getting to know each other and getting ready for eternal life. That discovery for me was a big one. I needed that in my life. Because there was many points in my life when I was a hypocrite. Did y'all hear what I just said? I've taken courage to say that. As a man who grew up as a seven-day priest all my life. Who is an Israelite indeed. Generations of seven-day Adventists. I'm not just your average seven-day Adventist. I have grandparents that grew churches. I'm thankful for it. I praise the Lord for it. Grandmother who died on her knees labored for the master. All of her children from my dad was all brought up in Seventh-day Adventist Christian education. I've never been in a public school a day in my life. I'm an Israelite indeed. I understand that. I've accepted that. I acknowledge that. I recognize that. And still have to humble myself under the power of the Holy Spirit. Or it don't mean anything. Amen? In this work that we have right now, it takes all, it takes everything to serve the Lord. You, mean, you know why this thing has caught my attention even when I'm, as I'm talking to you, the Holy Spirit's putting it in my mind to refresh me. I was about to lose my wife and lose my son because Satan was trying to discourage him and take him out and been battling on it for years and encouraging with discouragement in his home. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? See, I'm not embarrassed to talk about it because I promise you, everybody in this pew, in this church has challenges. Yes, we do. Whether you reveal it to us or not, if you're living and breathing, you got challenges. Amen? And I just want you to be able to know through my testimony that it's okay that God's got you and you can overcome through the power of the Lord. There's nothing too hard for God. Do you believe that? You see, when I was playing basketball and I was a serious athlete, I averaged 32 points a game in basketball and got all kind of trophies for all kind of sports. I put my all in that. So what do you think is necessary on the court of the Lord? Everything. And this is what I pray that you get a message today that with these principles and this information and things you've heard and things you haven't heard, that you walk away with a conviction in your soul that it takes everything to serve the Lord. And we love him, and that's why we give it to him. So I want to reveal to you today that the chapter that defines our work, we talked about work today in church, right? Y'all you should have seen me quietly as I was sitting in the pew. Came in late because I was preparing myself. No excuse, but I, I was late. But I'm thankful I heard that sermon. And he was talking about work, right? Work for the Lord. So look how the Lord picks this thing up through the Holy Spirit. Didn't even know he was going to be speaking on this. The chapter that defines our work, the whole of the 58th chapter of Isaiah is to be regarded as a message for this time. To be given over and over again. Okay? This is in special testimony. Series B. Here's the next one. What saith the Lord in the 58th chapter of Isaiah? The whole chapter is of the highest importance. Great Atlanta. In heaven, the Lord is bringing special attention on Isaiah chapter 58. And there's a reason for it, and we're getting ready to see. It's a message for, for the time. A message for this time. We're going to find out why. It's a message of the highest importance, saints. 
One of those messages, you can, when you take time to read through and let the Holy Spirit work with you, one of the things you're going to grab here is the, the foundational depth of removing the disease of selfishness from the heart. <laughs> huh? How many people are familiar with the disease of selfishness? <laughs> okay. And the goal of us following the message in Isaiah 58, I can sum it up by saying, restoring the life for his glory. In fact, when I was on my college campus, just so you know, it's just having some fun with this. I remember buying a vehicle. I, I don't have it today, but I bought a white Mercedes S500. Never forget it. Cash in Texas. I drove it to Huntsville, Alabama. And I remember during this particular period of time, I, I bought this uh, uh, German sign that says, His Glory. And what it was about for me was, yeah, the car looks nice, but every time you see this car, I want you to be thinking about for His Glory. It's about His glory, saints. Amen? Amen? So the disease of selfishness. Well, I looked in uh, the Wikipedia, free encyclopedia, and I said, let me find out what selfishness means. In the, in the Eric book. It says, selfishness is being concerned excessively or exclusively for oneself or one's own advantage pleasure or welfare regardless of others. <laughs> My goodness. Selfishness. Y'all familiar with selfishness? You seen selfish people in your life? Okay. This is a potent one right here. When I read this, I want, I want to give you a backdrop. Remember, if you, those who were here before, when I talked about Zechariah chapter 4, and I spoke about a golden bowl that was over the candlesticks. Does anybody remember when I mentioned that? Were you here? Anybody? Okay. We're going to have to bring that back. Let's go. I want y'all to read this with me if you can read it. It says, The spirit of liberality is the spirit of heaven. This spirit finds its highest manifestation in Christ's sacrifice on the cross. In our behalf, the Father gave his only begotten Son, and Christ, having given up all that he had, then gave himself that man might be saved. The cross of Calvary should appeal to the benevolence of every follower of the Savior. The principle there illustrated is to give, give, he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. 1 John 2, 6. So if Jesus was a giver, then how should we be walking, saints? We should be given to. Amen? Amen. Let's read the next part. On the other hand, the spirit of selfishness is the spirit of Satan. The principle illustrated in the lives of worldlings is to get, get. Thus, they hope to secure happiness and ease, but the fruit of their sowing is misery and death. Acts of the Apostles, and notice the chapter, chapter 32, a liberal church. I declare today, Great Atlanta SDA Church, through the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that this church needs to be known as a liberal church Amen. so that we can, so people can know that we have the spirit of heaven. Come on, saints. Amen. You ever been in a church and you felt the spirit of selfishness? <laughs> I have. <laughs> okay? So, I'm a sanctuary baby, amen? I love the sanctuary. Okay? So what I want to do for the second time is I just want to say it like this. If you want to really get the depths of the things that we're speaking of, then go to God's governmental system and take some of these lessons that I'm talking about and begin to ponder on some of these lessons inside of the lessons in the sanctuary. Okay? Now, one of those is something simple. What's, what's surrounding the sanctuary on that picture, in that image? Mountains, right? 
What else? It's like a desert floor, right? Okay, it's plain. So let me ask you a question. Spiritually, what would you say that represents? There's a reason why it's there. People outside the church. What else? Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to keep it simple for the sake of time. This represents outside of Christ. This represents out in the world. This represents darkness. This represents ignorance of Christ and his ways. Hmm? There's so many little lessons that you can pick up from that. So imagine you as a temple, because you are. Amen? The Holy Amen. Spirit is supposed to dwell with us, right? Absolutely. So we walk on the desert floor. Oh, are you getting it? We walk in the world. We ought to be in the world, but not what? Of the world. Okay? Now, you see the court, you see the altar of sacrifice, the labor, the tabernacle, and you see the curtains surrounding this, right? This is what I want to want to focus on, just one point, and, and I have so many that I want to give, but this main point is this. You see these pillars right here? I want you to hold on to something simple, because I, I did that and it's done something for my life. Those pillars, among other lessons that you can learn, represent the promises of God. If you allow the promises of God to surround your temple, your mind, your heart, just like you see all those different pillars going around there. And you begin to allow the word of God take promises. Like, for example, for me, here's some of the promises that I hold on to all the time. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he will exalt you in due time, casting all your care for him because he cares for you. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. When you have those promises in your soul, when you claim those promises for yourself personally, it makes a tremendous difference when discouragement comes knocking at your door. And it will come knocking at your door. Do I have a witness? Okay. So surround yourself and your mind with the promises of the Lord while you can. Amen. It'll hold you together in adversity. Saints of God, we need to learn this system because God has a powerful system for his people. Amen. He does. And all the lessons that we need to know to understand and to even see if someone's lying to us and not telling us the truth, you can use the sanctuary as a plumb line to be able to, to determine whether or not what you're hearing or reading or learning is true as you get to know what's going on in this sanctuary. I read back when I was 18 years old, don't rest until you have a, a good, a proper understanding of the sanctuary. I said I learned and I read when I was young that we ought to not rest until we have a proper understanding of the sanctuary. I'm paraphrasing. Okay? So what I want to say here is this. Talking about encouragement, right? I, I actually want to go back here. I do not have the tribes where you can see them right here. But remember, if y'all remember history of Israel, there were tribes, three sets of tribes surrounding the sanctuary on all the ends. The tribe of Naphtali was one of those tribes. And just so you can understand the context of why I'm standing here today in terms of the army of the Lord and the work before his people, I represent the tribe of Naphtali. And when you go and study the word of God and you learn about Naphtali in relationship to the other tribes, this is what you will discover. That that tribe was set aside to encourage the other tribes. That is my role here at Greater Atlanta Seventh Day Adventist Church. That's why when you watch me now, you begin to understand why I move the way I do. Deliberately. I speak to people. I want to know what's going on and how you're doing. I don't get tired of doing that. It's what God has gifted me to do. It's what I've cultivated to do. 
and I get joy out of serving other people. Amen? Amen. So my encouragement to you is just as, as serious as I am about who I am in the Lord, and I am not apologizing for who I am because God made me this way, Amen. you can take courage to be who God has made you to be. Amen? Amen. What I want to say here in a simple way is this. Thanks to God. We don't have time for excuses because Jesus is coming soon. So this is what I want to say to you. As we move from, have chosen to move from the world and to follow Christ in his plan, right? right. We, it's, the Lord expects advancement and growth. So wherever you are in your experience, if you find yourself spiritually in the courtyard and you're at the beginning of your Christian walk, don't settle and rest there. Or you'll keep praying and sinning, praying and sinning, and you'll remain in the courtyard and lose your soul. we got to follow Jesus all the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Have you, did you notice that? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come unto the Father but by me. Follow Jesus. And as Jesus advances your life, as you let go of sin here at the altar of burnt offering, as you allow the, the labor to clean you up, the Holy Spirit to work with you, as you go in here and you study the Word of God at the table showbread every day, amen, as you pray every day, not only for yourself, but praying for others, and as you witness here at the Golden Lampstand, Seven Branch Candlestick, this is going to give you the maturity and the growth necessary to move into that most holy place and to come to a point in your life where that you are not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, patience, experience, experience, hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Patience, experience, Experience hope, and hope make it not a shame. Mm. Mm. Amen? Mm. Serving each other for his glory. Serving each other for his glory. Let's read this together. God's church is the court of holy life. Let's pause for a second. I just showed you the sanctuary, right? Did you get that? Yes. Definitely. You like that? This is the courtyard, saints, the outer court. The church is the court of holy life. <laughs> is that beautiful? <clears throat> God's church is the court of holy life together. Filled with varied gifts and endowed with what? The Holy Spirit. Amen? The members are to find their happiness in the happiness of those whom they help and bless. Come on, saints. You see where you can get your happiness from? It's from helping somebody else. Amen? You don't got to be discouraged. As long as you're encouraging someone else, in fact, I've learned you can't stay discouraged okay. if you're seeking to unselfishly help someone else. Okay. Amen, saints? Amen. Don't let Satan keep beating you up. Mm -hmm. Servant Lord said, don't let circumstances control you. Right. You control the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Servant Lord says, listen, as far as possible, seek to answer your own prayer. In other words, we, don't have, we can't just be sitting down idly thinking that this thing is just going to happen by osmosis. It requires our heart. Amen? Amen. A dedicated heart. Amen. A consecrated life. Amen, saints? Amen. Have y'all ever watched in athletic circles people who have given their all? And have you noticed what happens to them? How successful they become? They become champions? The servant Lord said we live in a time where champions are few. Huh? 
So prayerfully, we would take a mindset to do just that, to be champions for the Lord. Read this with me, please. Wonderful is the work which the Lord designs to accomplish through his church that his name may be glorified. Amen? Acts of the Apostles. Okay? Got something special for you. Real special for you. I want you to see this. We're talking about how to encourage your neighbor, right? Is that correct? Let's see if this will allow me to do this. I almost think that it won't. I just thought about something. I don't know if it's going to let me work. Ah, I should have known. Please, Lord, is there a way for this to work for me? What happened, guys, I actually uh, had this presentation on the Google Slides. And uh, I don't have PowerPoint on this computer. And I didn't think about it when I pulled it down because I usually use an Apple computer. So I'm like, oh, my Lord, I wanted these people to see this, but it looks like we have to keep going for the sake of time. So just remind me that I'm going to have to show you all this another time. It's very special, uh, very special, these two videos. And if I can you know, solve it, I'll let you know. All right. Serving others. Our work is plainly laid out in the word of God. Christian is to be united to what? Christian. Church to church. Instrument the human instrumentality cooperating with what? The divine. Every agency to be subordinated to the Holy Spirit. Now imagine saints of God in great Atlanta. If all of us were subordinated to the Holy Spirit. And to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us and allowing us to interact with each other. And removing selfishness and being unselfish and giving our best to serve each other and to love each other in Christ. Imagine what kind of power and church this would be. Come on, be in heaven. Come on, say. Come on, my sister. And all to be combined in giving to the world good tidings of the grace of God. Okay? Saints, lastly, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, talking about how to encourage your neighbor. This right here to me is the single most thing that if each one of us will grasp this part and allow the Holy Spirit to work with us here, even when you don't have all the knowledge, information, skills, and you don't know certain things, this right here will change the game for you. I'm a personal witness for this. The Bible says, let's read it together in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. It says what? Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, the Lord, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, I actually read, and I, I challenge you to go in the spirit of prophecy yourself personally, and look up uh, any things that she talks about on Zechariah chapter 3 and chapter 4. You will find that she says you need to read those chapters. And you will also discover that she says, if we were to catch the message that's found in this chapter, she says the church will go onward and upward. And I actually understand practically why this is. It's simply because it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the power. Without the Holy Spirit, you can have all kind of knowledge and information. You can eat good, talk good, look good, smell good, and it would do have no power to change anybody's heart. People's hearts do not change without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what the Lord invites each one of us to do is say, don't go out there powerless. Because you will not be able to change someone's heart. All you'll be doing is giving them information. Tell them you're an Adventist and what you do. You'll be like a nominal Adventist who's just professing being an Adventist but don't even live it. Because you have no power. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit sincerely. Amen? Amen. Right. Now, I'm going to, to stop here. I even have some notes there. But because of the sake of time, I'm going to pause here. Now, 
I'm going to do something, one other thing. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you something special. Uh, Brother Mel, I would like to you to the eat nugget. I want you all to grab one of these encouragement nuggets. Now I'm getting ready to demonstrate to you how we were able to reach 100,000 people on something simple, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and teamwork, and taking courage. Okay? So I'm going to use this one document, and I have another one, so I can be able to illustrate to you how to do this. It's so simple, it's amazing. The servant Lord said, we'd be surprised at the simple means that God would use to finish the work. And God gave me a method at age 18. He taught me how to do this. And I read in the book, uh, Christian Service, and that's the book I was studying and didn't know that my dad was reading that book too, by the way. <laughs> the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing for the anointing. Okay? Thank you, sir. So I call this Eat Nugget. Encouragement Nugget. So now, if you, if, if you were to get inside of my mind right now and how I see this thing, remember I said earlier that everyone needs Christ, Everyone needs prayer, and everyone needs encouragement. Now, I was 18 years old taking courage to do something simple. I said, well, if everybody needs it, I'm going to give it to them. So Christ had something good for everybody he came in contact with. That was my mentality. So I said, Lord, give me something to do, and I'll do it. You see how this thing unpacks? The Lord gave me something. It started with poetry, which I'm going to show you that. Then I found these encouraging words. I started putting them together and started passing them out. Wasn't trying to convict nobody, convert them. Said, be encouraged. And that's how I started. <laughs> so I want to read this, soldiers, because this is encouraging for you. Go forward, soldier, go forward. Often, the Christian life is beset with dangers, and duty seems hard to perform. The imagination pictures impending ruin before and bondage and death behind. Yet the voice of God speaks clearly, go forward. Let us obey the command. Even though our sight cannot penetrate the darkness, the obstacles that hinder our progress will never disappear before a haunting, doubting spirit. Those who defer obedience to every uncertainty disappears and there remains no risk of failure or defeat, will never obey. Faith looks beyond the difficulties and lays hold of the unseen, even omnipotence. Therefore, it cannot be baffled. Hallelujah. Faith is the clasping of the hand of Christ in every emergency. Some gospel workers. Now I want y'all to read this next session, section together. Our ideas are all together to them. God calls for continual advancement in the work of diffusing light. We must study and prove ways and means of reaching the people. We need to hear with ears of faith the mighty captain of the Lord's host saying, Go forward. We must act and God will not fail us. He will do his part when we in faith do ours. Brethren and sisters who have been long in the truth, you have not done the work God calls upon you to do. Where is your love for souls? Let's say that again together. Where is your love for souls? Remember I started off with that one word love? Boy, that love powers everything. Huh? If you've got difficult relationships, What's going to happen when love shows up? Come on now. Huh? That's what I had to discover with my wife when she was discouraged and challenged. She needed me to love her in a way that I needed to learn and pay attention so I could learn how to love her the way she needed to be loved. Huh? Same thing with my son. We're not going to get out of this thing without love. Amen, saints? It was the joy of Christ to do what? Save souls. Let this be your work and your joy. Reform all duties and make all sacrifices for Christ's sake. And he will be your constant love. 
Go straight forward where the voice of duty calls. Let no seeming difficulties hinder you. Take up your God-given responsibilities. And as you bear your sometimes heavy burdens, do not ask, why idle stands my brother? No yoke upon him day. Do the, do the duty nearest you and do it thoroughly and well. Not coveting praise, but working for the master because you belong to him as Southern Watchmen. Everyone, or it's to say, encourage someone today. And you see here, Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another daily, while it's called today, that some of you be hardened through the sickness of sin. I have a quick question. Anybody can answer this quickly. In a couple of words, anybody who would like to respond and tell me, how did this encouragement nugget bless you in a couple words? And was it encouraging to you? Anyone? Any response? Any short response? If, so, if you were encouraged by this, I just want to hear it from you real quick. Real quick, I'm encouraged because uh, it's confirmation. I just, it's confirmation for me, you know, to, 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 for you to present it, for me to hear it, and, and it feels good because it just confirms that, you know, God is working well. Amen, brother. Amen. Anybody else? Were you encouraged? Yes, ma'am. Well, I'm encouraged because I have been there. There's a good voice in there. Mm -hmm. And I've been feeling like there's something that I'm, I need to do. Yes. I have not done my part. And I've been praying and asking, what is it? I don't want to take up what I asked God to do. Yes. And it, this, it just encouraged me to just go ahead because he's not going to, I can't take his place. Mm. I can't take up what he's going to do. Go ahead and do what mm. I'm telling you to do. Come on. And stop worrying about, are you going to step on my toe? You can't step on my toe. Yeah. Come on, sister. You know, that's what it, that told me just Amen. now. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit. See how Holy Spirit's working? Yeah. Yes. Come on. Got was actually saying your life seems to be showing. Amen. Even though I wasn't 
I don't think I was going around to, you know, everybody and telling them. And I want to thank the Lord for that. Because those people are the ones that I should be going to the home. You know, yes. when you're encouraged like that. Yes. And, and they will accept you. Like this lady is looking at me and saying, your life is showing me. Yes. No? Um, and I'm not looking at showing me. I'm not looking at when the lady says, are you a Christian, ma'am? Mm -hmm. You know? Christianity should be showing in each one of us. Amen. And hopefully it is still showing abroad. And may the Lord give me more speech if I need to talk and go visit them and tell them something. I tell you, as I listen to my mama, I just hear love coming all out. That's what that's the difference I'm telling you. All right, saints. So uh, did y'all notice something special that just happened? The Holy Spirit did something that I couldn't have never done or you couldn't have done. And that was translating and communicating directly to the heart of each person today. See that? That's why we need the Holy Spirit's power. Amen? Amen. Because God can get in there with those hard hearts. He can get in there with those stubborn minds. He can get in those selfish corners. And he can put his love there and his grace. And he can transform that heart. Yes, Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Amen? Mm -hmm. Love it. I love it. I love it. All right, saints, I got one more thing for you. Y'all ready? I'm giving you some special weaponry. I know you didn't see this one coming. That's why it's deadly and dangerous because it hits you before you know it. <laughs> Give you some advanced technology from heaven. <laughs> okay? So what I'm, what I'm asking my brother to pass out is the, the actual t weapon, the advanced weapon of prayer through prayer requests that the Lord taught me to utilize when I was in college. <laughs> To be able to reach people and encourage them in a way that I would have been not been smart enough to figure this out, except the Holy Spirit needed me. And God gave me a specific question that is allowed how we reached over 100,000 people, and it wasn't just me. We had over 350 people that had joined us over time to do this work of encouragement while we were in college. Amen. And we're getting ready to do the same thing. At Greater Atlanta, Seventh-day Adventist Church, it is time, and the Holy Spirit's been working on my butt, working on me, to say, son, what have I given you to do? And I've given you a church family, and you need to take courage, and I will provide. Because where God guides, he provides. Saints of God, would you take a look This this document, on the top it says prayer request form. So I'm doing a little training here because this is our advanced weaponry and this is how we want to encourage our neighbor in a way that you never even imagined. It's so simple, it's ridiculous. So there is a question on here and I want you to say the question with me. Is there anything that I can keep in prayer for you today? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to challenge everybody in this room and start testing it and do like Ellen White said, experimental religion and use me as an example because I was 18 and I didn't know, but I started experimenting like a scientist, <laughs> spiritually. And I mean, I was trying it all over the place. I just speak to somebody, being creative in my own way. Hey, my brother, how are you doing? Uh, once I really feel, feel like I had some kind of connection, hey man, is there anything I can keep prayer for today? And I just wait. And whoever talks first, loses. <laughs> and let the spirit work on the heart and what you will notice is that one question was zeroing in on the heart faster than any other question I've ever asked anybody ever in my life is there anything I can keep breathing in there and you'll notice that people will go right to their heart on that answer 
And you're talking about winning souls? Boy, it ain't gonna be no sense in this. Okay? You want us to like what we want? Yes, I'm gonna show you that. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Because I gave you a pen. So I'm gonna let you experience it first. So I want you to, to want, because this is our education of the highest order, I want y'all to be on it. Okay, detailed, sharp soldiers. So I want you to fill out this prayer request. I want you to put your name, print it clearly. No chicken scratch. I want you to write it so that others can see it can be seen. Now, what I do as you write these down, your name, address, phone number, all that stuff, I'm gonna educate you on what we're about to do and how we were able to reach so many people. We have a system of follow-up. And what we would do is, when I was a student, I, I, I remember buying a computer, and when God first taught me how to do some of this, and I remember my mother was the one that made the sacrifice for me to get my first Macintosh computer. Mm -hmm. So I can type the prayer requests and keep records of the people that we were encouraging so we would try to reach them continuously. Amen? Amen. So that's what this is about. This is not about just touching a person real quick and, hey, okay, see you later. Hope you're okay. See you in the kingdom. No, no, no. Christ got close to those he wanted to reach. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. hey? Up close and personal. Up close and personal. Mm -hmm. That's for you. That prayer request is for each person. That's your prayer request. Now, I'm going to give you a warning that when you put this prayer request down, you're going to be prayed for every day for the rest of your life. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. So, so take this thing of the highest importance. So put your name, address, your city, state, zip code, put your phone number, make everything is clear and legible. Let's see what the date is. What is today's date? It should be the first. Okay, it's December the 1st. And then I want you to choose whatever applies. It says, yes, please send me the following. It has some options for you. Free poem of encouragement, free health information, and free Bible study sign-up. You can choose one, two, or all, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want. Okay? Now, I'm going to do something special now that in an advanced class, we'll have on the screen and we'll walk people through this. But you notice these numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what I want you to do. I'm going to ask you a question. First, I want you to raise your hand, and then I'm going to ask you to write this next to it so I'll be able to take note of this. Because I'm about to organize you based on your gifts and the way you think about this. How many people love, love to pray? Raise your hand if you love to pray. Very important. I'm not saying you, everybody can pray, but I'm saying you actually know you love to pray. Critical way I'm asking question. Raise your hand high. All right, so we have one, two, three. Those people love to pray. All right, so I want you to write over to the left next to where you see the numbers for now. And just, hmm? Oh, thank you. You are reminding me. Okay, so what we're going to do is circle number one. Sure. Circle one. The ones who love to pray. Nobody else. Just the ones who said I love to pray. This is the, this is the key to it. Okay? So circle number one. Alright, now, 